0: Welcome back, Spokane, to another episode of Eva Real Talks. I'm your host, Matt Side,
1: and I'm Jessica.
0: Also my co-host,
1: also Side.
0: I'm probably the co-host. You're you're the main host, and we all know it. <laughs> so today we've got a featured house, and then that is going to lead us into highlighting a specific neighborhood here in Spokane. Yeah. Jessica, talk to us about our house.
1: Sure. So we have a new listing. It is at 904 West Comstock Court, which is right on the corner of Comstock Court and uh, Lincoln Drive, which is across the street from Comstock,
0: park. which yes, the park Comstock itself.
1: Park. Um, it's about hmm, maybe a little more than midway up the park. So it's not like right across the street from the uh, swimming pool. Um, It's the opposite side of the park is the swimming pool, which is kind
0: of nice because you're close, but then you don't have everybody hanging out in your front yard.
1: That is correct. Um, it's wonderful. It has five bedrooms. It's got four bathrooms. Um, and it can have a sixth, sixth bedroom because they've egressed out uh, a room in the basement. Just, it does need some finish work. Um, it's missing a wall. So you just yeah. need one more wall. Yeah. But What's wall? again... What's a wall? Fantastic. Sprawling. It's over 5,000 square feet. It's got a newer wow. kitchen. It's got a great roof. It's a big house. The way it it's um, situated uh, against the park is wonderful because um, the backyard is surrounded by the house. So it's like in an L kind shape. Kind of an L shape. Yeah. It's great. And it, I mean, as far as a party house goes, that's the one thing that the seller did tell me. She says, please try and convey how great the parties can be at this house and because of the flow of it, how big it is. What how year the... was
0: it built? Do you know? Oh, you it know, was, it, it's a, fi- it's gotta be built in 50s. the fifties. 50s. Yes. So, I mean, it just has that kind of mid century oh, yeah. feel the sunken kind of out of the kitchen, kind of sunken living space mm-hmm. that then goes out onto the back into the backyard and the patio. It really yeah. is as far as I think you're right. You can't buy this house if you're not going to have good parties.
1: <laughs> it's got a three car garage, Um, I don't know. I just think it has everything that somebody needs. It is listed for $675,000. So, um, bring your, bring your pocket change, but it's going to be fantastic. So if you, if you would like to take a look at it, uh, give us a call at 62 house or visit us on our Facebook or website, either one of those places you can get a hold of us. I
0: mean, honestly, for a house across the street from Comstock park price wise, I mean, everything's relative. I did pull some numbers on that neighborhood. Yeah. The active property range in the Comstock neighborhood mm-hmm. um, it goes as low as two seventy five, but there's a property currently listed for one point four million dollars. So yeah. it's, I mean, at six hundred and whatever six seventy five, it's not. I mean, again, across from the park, five thousand square feet.
1: Yeah, fantastic. It's a good deal. Are there more numbers? Can you tell us? Annette, yeah, you let's just the talk numbers? a little bit. There's yeah. I mean, it's so so <laughs>
0: Comstock. Just so you know what the Comstock neighborhood. Uh, map is is high drive is on the west side and mm-hmm. it goes all the way up to 57th technically and then it follows perry down to 29th okay and that kind of triangle shape if you will okay. is what the comstock neighborhood officially is
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, there are 10 active listings in that neighborhood only
1: 10 10 that is insane. exactly okay
0: um let's see we've got 25 pending so that's so there's activity happening yep. there Uh, sold in the last six months, 62 homes.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Uh, which I did a quick search for a year and in a year it was 120. So literally Mm. that, I thought that was interestingly close to 50%. Halfway. Yeah. Uh, the median sold price in the last six months, 347,000. And you have to remember when you look at that, you've got quite a variety of homes in that neighborhood. You have a, there are a lot of starter houses, like smaller Homes yes, built over uh, a little further east in that neighborhood. Yeah, because and, when
1: you think about, and we're gonna, we're actually gonna hit on the history of Comstock. And one of the things you start to realize is that it was uh, the time frame in which a lot of it was built uh, tended toward those smaller homes. And then you know, the more things got built up, you have High Drive, right, where people are now building and tearing sure. it down, and which is unusual for Spokane. And for those of you but, that
0: are not local to Spokane mm-hmm. that are watching or listening to this high drive follows the bluff that looks over the Latah Creek and kind of Canyon area. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, as far as like views of the sunset, yeah, it's where everybody
1: goes to watch the sunset you go and go for
0: riding your bike and you jog. And there's anyway, a lot of mountain bike fantastic. trails and stuff there. So it's a really cool location. So real quick before we uh, move to the next section here, mm-hmm. Uh, the, so I mentioned the median sold price was three forty seven the median active list price three hundred and sixty three thousand seven hundred. so it's about a twenty thousand dollar difference between yeah. the two mm-hmm. what's active and what's been sold in the last six months. So. perfect.
1: Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about the history of Comstock since hmm. we've got a listing in Comstock. So uh, honestly and this is I love this because it really all began with streetcars. I mean that is the reason why we've got, what we have here. So in 1888, the Montrose electric company or cook's line started downtown and ended its car, um, near 37th and grand. Okay. So you can picture where that is. Right. And, uh, that's
0: where it ended was 37th and grand. That's right. Okay.
1: So all of that was happening. And then, uh, the, that streetcar era ended in 1936. Um, but during that time there were homes and houses and businesses all that ran along all those streetcars whether that's up on the south hill lower on the other side so so if you think about it we developed around so the streetcar
0: must have run up grand basically (laughs) or Mm -hmm. what what is grand today Mm -hmm. yeah and that's why you have shops and kind of
1: yeah that's why the development started there this is kind of interesting in 1906 Spokane College, which was a four year liberal arts school, was built on the site of where Manito Shopping Center is now. Oh, so, wow. you're Super One and well, it used to be Lamont's. Um, <laughs> I'm dating myself. Um, but what, what is there now? Manito Tap
0: House is there, Ross you know, Dress for Less yeah. is that yeah. right? Aid, there's a right, Aid, right? Aid,
1: all of that. Um and then across the street, they had the library and a drugstore and things like that. So that was in 1906. Wow. Okay? So that and, was
0: Spokane College.
1: That's right. And then Jefferson Elementary School was started as a two-room schoolhouse on 38th and Hatch and eventually moved to its brick building in 1909, where it is now. Which, which is, is on 37th. Grand and 37th. Yeah. Yeah. So Manitou Boulevard... <laughs> was built in or began to be built in 1907 okay so this is shortly after the college was built um and then up in that same area which i thought was interesting the spokane country club in 1903 was built okay Uh, and they thought that if they brought uh, a golf course to the area it would promote the sale of homes in the area interesting um but unfortunately that burned down
0: the country club burned down. the country
1: club burned down and so um, they rebuilt it like in They've rebuilt it a few times. They've had a lot of
0: fires over the years. Well, I mean, that's
1: a, that's just a subject of history because we didn't have the, the materials and the precautions and the things that we do now. Yeah, so that's fair. That's not fair. every home had a a, a miniature yeah. fire extinguisher under the kitchen sink. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, so the club permanently moved then in let's see, 1922. To where it is now, which is between forty-fourth and fifty-third. Um, right. Okay. In nineteen twenty-five, Lewis and Clark's principal, principal Hart. So
0: Lewis and Clark High School.
1: Yep. So that Lewis and Clark High School was down where you know it's it's the original building down right, there. Right. Yep. Um, but that principal, principal Hart, secured Hart Field, which I'm thinking, what was he thinking? Like it's so far away from Lewis and Clark. <laughs> Why did he? secure it was probably the so only away.
0: flat area that wasn't downtown
1: yes i just think i mean as being a parent of a lewis and clark child
0: i mean where else are you supposed to play football and baseball on the south hill that's got enough space for it i don't know
1: it? it's just an odd it is odd to me
0: principal Hart was thinking
1: <laughs> he was he knew what was he going was on. thinking um in 1913 okay If we remember... Wait a minute.
0: I thought we were already in 1925. I know, I know. But
1: you have to... There's some things that overlap. So I want to talk about the Olmsted brothers. Matt, do you remember who the Olmsted brothers are?
0: Yeah. And if you don't know who the Olmsted brothers are, you just need to go back to our podcast on city parks in Spokane. I did two.
1: I did two sessions on the Olmsted brothers in the report in 1913, where they talked about the parks in Spokane. And they recommended building High Drive Parkway, okay? Okay. And extending Manitou Boulevard from 35th directly south to High Drive. So that was all they're doing is making that happen. Um, were which, they a
0: part of Comstock Park's design?
1: They were not part of Com- Com- Comstock. Yes, they were not part of that. They,
0: they were part of Manito, though, correct?
1: Well, Manitou actually had was built before the Olmsted brothers came around. They said, here are the things I think you need to do to change it. They specifically said, oh, get rid of the your- zoo.
0: The park is kind of crappy. Here's what you well, can do was to a change gra- it. Well, it was
1: a great park. It was it a just zoo. Didn't...
0: Wouldn't that be nice to have a zoo on the South Hill
1: again? No, thank you.
0: Honey, let's go to the zoo. It's just around the corner. <laughs>
1: um, in, so this is interesting to me because they finished the Manitou Boulevard in 1947. That is a long time after they started that oh. project. Yeah. So, it, it took a long time for them to kind of get that. Um, now, we talked about this just a couple weeks ago. So, we're talking about Comstock, and we haven't actually talked about Comstock Park yet. But this right. is the, the Comstock
0: it, the, neighborhood. Right. These are all the things that it, were <clears throat> part of the neighborhood.
1: A <throat> couple weeks and ago. And Manito
0: is not. We've been talking about, a lot about Manito Park and Manito Boulevard. Right. That but it's is technically north not. of 29th. That's its own area. That's
1: right. So, Comstock Park was dedicated in 1938. If you remember last week, or was it last week where I talked about uh, swimming pools? Last week or the week before, um, it, that was dedicated. That was um, uh, not dedicated. What's the word when someone gives something away? It was given to the city by a family, um, and it was des- to me. it was specifically designed designed for recreation and youth activities. And they put in that pool, and that was the that was a huge. And You're,
0: you're back to talking about Comstock. Here.
1: Comstock, yeah. The, the pool itself was large enough to become a tournament. Like, it was official. They wanted to do it the very, very best possible so that it... So is, is
0: it an Olympic-sized pool?
1: It is, oh. yes. And it had the lines on the bottom yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that was pretty cool. In 1958, um, there was a new residential neighborhood to the west and the south along 33rd. So if you think about it, here's the reality is that we we started with the streetcars right? right and people started building up here uh the streetcars went away but we would invested a lot up here already and then you have 19 we have the world war ii right world okay. war ii yeah. and so a lot of the construction that you find is after world war ii in this area um in so,
0: that in the comstock neighborhood
1: right correct sure in the comstock okay. neighborhood Now, Comstock Park itself, so it really started being 1938, then 1958, people really started developing more around the park itself. Got it. And the south end of the park was owned by the school district, and there was actually an elementary school there called Comstock Elementary from 1956 to 1972. Really? Yeah. I thought that was very interesting. Um, And then in 1960, okay...
0: All right. Yep. You're tracking with
1: me? 1960, a portion of Hartfield was given to Sacagawea. Well, it was given to build Sacagawea Middle School. And um, in. S-
0: the school district gave it to itself?
1: Pretty much. Yeah. Well, it was allocated. Is I that a better word? I decree
0: that we shall give to ourselves <laughs> property for of this s- <laughs> Sacagawea Middle School. Um, in
1: 1969, after being used as two colleges, uh, a world war two, um, world war two soldiers used it. Um, uh, apartment people used it. Spokane college used it. Uh, the building that was originally there became Manito shopping center. <laughs> so it was there for quite a while wow. in 1969. I was actually thinking about that and I need to ask my mom because she would have been in Spokane during this time, and so I wonder if, she, and she lived on the South Hill, so I kind of wonder if she remembers.
0: remembers it, remembers it as South, uh, Spokane College or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that would be interesting.
1: I think that would be interesting to find out as well. So, um, so I think that it's interesting that 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 this area, when you look at the dates, because of course further north on the south hill you have a lot of turn of the century homes and things Mm -hmm. but you do have a lot of stuff that have when you when you go up above 29th a lot of things were built after 1945 after right. world war ii right so it's a,
0: below that a lot of them were built in the 20s and the 30s and even before that right it's interesting because then construction would have been happening in that area similar to the same time it was happening in the shadle park area mm-hmm. because tons of those are post-world right. war ii houses That's as right. well exactly,
1: exactly. So, uh,
0: so a lot of obviously a ton of construction and building going on back then
1: let's let's segue into our segment
0: what is this segment
1: what's to love let's talk about what's to love in the comstock
0: i feel like there should be music
1: or something i don't know i don't think you can do that (laughs) that's like copyright issues sorry (laughs) um okay so obviously you have comstock park but one of the things that i think everybody knows and loves is high drive and the scenic you know the view the the sunsets the how about the trails that you can take down there so that's a really amazing part of
0: I think this is important especially one of the one of the values of this podcast is for people like tons of people are moving to Spokane that don't know Spokane yeah so like what do we love about the Comstock area High Drive is this winding Road that is now 20 miles per hour in Spokane. If oh, you did yes. not realize that in the last couple of yes. weeks, the speed limit has changed from 30 to 20 and it starts all the way down in like 19th and goes all the way up to, I think it goes all the way up to Grand or Bernard, probably Bernard. It's really, it's really long. And the difference between 30 and 20 is massive. Well, and the
1: reality is, is that people were going 40 on high drive, and so uh, I think they said, "You it's know what?" Because it's
0: so well paved, and there's no stop line, and it's just yeah. like, "Woo,
1: yes, let's do this." Although I have to say, I have a person I know personally who was driving home, fell asleep, and did go off the side. Thank God, he um, he went off, and it, there was a bench or something down kind of below that stopped his truck from going all the way down.
0: So it is a meandering road that yes. follows the bluff yes. that we talked about kind of the sunsets but then it's this natural area down mm-hmm. below with hiking trails and mountain biking trails mm-hmm. and a running path so yeah just to kind of enhance the yeah
1: absolutely what's
0: to love about that area so
1: some other things that you'll find in this area are places to eat which I love Manitow so Tap House <laughs> Tap House Republic Pie Gordy's Szechuan which mm, is a fave that's a,
0: that's a hole in the wall special local place there
1: yep uh remedy which is a, a mm-hmm. wonderful um place uh and then of course this one is is a hybrid of a like, is it still a gas station rocket market it's a, oh, ga- yeah, they it's still a have gas, gas station mm-hmm. it's a market it's they've a, got a winery like a
0: special like they've got a wine club there yeah, a wine club. and it's just a little so cool. like it's like a little market where you can buy food and sit in their little eatery area yeah. in, the, in the summertime a lot of times they'll have live music outside mm-hmm. and it's cool rocket
1: market's it's, cool. it's pretty great and then obviously we've talked about it already but Heartsfield has a lot of activities there it's got a really amazing field for football and baseball and so if you want to go and watch a sports a sports show <laughs> i don't think that's how you say it um and, and the then, country club's up there the country clubs up there and let's not forget Manitou Shopping Center, which used Manito to be something shopping else. Center. And it used to be Lamont's, where I used to go shopping a lot.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you live in that area, it's a very convenient place to go shopping. You've got Absolutely. a ride you've got a Super One. There's, Absolutely. A, there's a hot yoga place there.
1: That's true. There's a lot more. And that... There's a
0: bike shop. Dan knows about the bike shop up there.
1: And this concludes... And a, I'm a wrapping B&B, it up. B&B driving
0: I'm trying school. to wrap it up, folks. Sherwin-Williams. There's oh, just so much. I
1: go to Sherwin-Williams a lot. I do love that yeah, show. I think they
0: know her by first name. Oh, <laughs> Jessica's coming back in.
1: <laughs> all right, Matt. Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about. All right, is this a
0: real estate show or what? It it's is. Well, that's... This was all about real estate. This, this is
1: all about real estate. The
0: neighborhoods that you love in Spokane. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about real estate. So the the shift in what we're going to talk about next. Mm-hmm. Is we're going to talk. We've talked a little bit about home maintenance here and there. And we're going to talk about everybody's favorite subject when it comes to home maintenance. Budgeting, mm. but before we do that, I want to drop a little—I um, don't know—plant a little seed. We are nearing the end of summer. Yes, and we I know are. you hate to hear that, but I do. we're midway through August, which means we only have a couple weeks left <sighs> until September. And what I want to remind everyone is that September has a tendency to have a rush of houses come back on the market because everybody's trying to cram their vacations into August. That's and right. I know this year has been a little bit different because nobody was doing anything at the beginning of the year. And we've kind of crammed it into what's happening in toward the latter part of summer. Mm-hmm. But for those of you that are thinking, gosh, maybe September would be a good time for me to put my house on the market today, right now in August is when you should be planning that. And we would be happy to yes. help you with that process. Mm-hmm. So, it's uh, the, the listing, our featured home. It took several weeks to get that house ready as it does with everyone's home. Yes. So don't think you're going to put your house on the market tomorrow unless you just live in a Pinterest perfect house, which I know a few of you do. So uh, reach out to us. We'd be happy to give you a free consultation around what to do, um, what you need to repair. What
1: things. you should leave alone and not pay yeah. for because... Sometimes
0: you think you're going to get your money out of it by doing it but you're not. That's right. So that's right. Anyway, you can reach out to us 509-62-HOUSE, or you can uh, email us, find us on social media. So let's talk a little bit about budgeting. So months and months and months ago, Mm -hmm. we had our good friend, John Maroney from Canopy Credit Union, come on. And we talked about buying versus renting and setting budgets and saving money. Mm -hmm. And everybody thinks about that when they think about budgeting for a home. Right. But one thing And this is for everyone, but especially for our new homeowners or soon-to-be first-time homeowners. You've got a budget for the big-ticket items.
1: Big-ticket budget.
0: So today's, (laughs) this is the session, big-ticket budget. All right, so this is a three-step, there's kind of a three-step budget process. And this is similar to something that we've gone over recently with our soon-to-be college student on how to budget for things and keep it away from yourself so first of all
1: hide the money from yourself hide basically. it from yourself okay. so you're gonna
0: make a list of all your major items in your home that you need that or may need repair or replacement at any given time uh, then you're gonna list them in order of average life expectancy and create a plan to inspect and repair as needed and we're gonna go over th- those big items here in okay, a second good. Um, but then you need to save money into a special home ownership bank account so that you have the funds at hand for any emergencies. So you need quick access, but it also is nice to have it in a place. that's not as easy to get to, so you don't spend it. So, Mm -hmm. so the three steps make the list, list them in order of average life expectancy, Mm -hmm. and then how much money you need to save into that account. So that when those things need to be replaced, you've got the money. So let's start diving into our Big ticket budget items. I like to say that.
1: <laughs> I know you do. It's good. It's an alliteration. We it like alliterations alliteration.
0: here. All right. Roof. Probably one of your biggest ticket items. Mm-hmm. They have a really, really long life expectancy. They are 30 to 40 years when they are put on. And when you do your home inspection, most of the time your inspector is going to give you an idea of how much life is left in that, in that mm-hmm. roof. Um, so 20 to 25 years is probable, depending on, it could be five years or less, but Mm -hmm. more more than likely you're going to have anywhere from that five to 20 years, depending on the age of the roof. So you're going to simply budget the cost of a new roof, whether that's 10,000, 15,000, you could probably make a call to a roofing company and kind of get an estimate of what that might look like. Mm -hmm. Obviously 20 years down the road, it's going to be a different price. True. But if you figure it's $15,000 today and I don't need to do it for 20 years, now you've got how much money you need to see it save every year or every month over the next 20 years to get to that point. And that's probably one of your furthest out ones that's out there.
1: That's what you hope. But I know a lot of people that buy houses where they're just barely scraping by to get it closed. And it's like, you know, I think it has seven years left on it.
0: Yeah. So in that case, if you've got seven years left Mm -hmm. on your $15,000 roof repair, that's going to be a much bigger monthly budget item. Yeah, And the idea with this is to avoid having a huge item like a roof fall into your lap right. where you now are like, well, where am I going to come up with 15 grand? Right. If you haven't been budgeting for it, you're going to have to pull a line of credit on your house or maybe tap into some equity, which is fees makes it harder to pay your house down. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things that if you can budget for this, that is yeah. beneficial.
1: You'll, you'll thank yourself in the future. <laughs>
0: if you have paint on your exterior. So I know a lot of people have siding, but mm-hmm. also a bunch of people have paint. Paint has an average life expectancy of 4 to 15 years, depending on the quality of the paint and the material that is painted. and Exposure this, to sun. Ex- yes, exposure to sun. Lots of variables there um again your inspector and this is why we recommended when we talked about home inspections a few weeks ago spending the time to go through with your home inspector so that you can ask well gosh how much life do you think is left on this paint when do you recommend doing it the material behind the paint is a huge deal absolutely and some of that like that t111 and some of the lap siding that is kind of almost like a press board it's fine as long as it's painted, but as right. soon as it starts to crack and chip and absorb then moisture, you might have to replace all of your siding. So this is not just a maintenance for beauty. This is like actually keeping Protecting. yourself from having to spend big dollars on residing a portion of your house.
1: Right. And if you have metal, if you have metal siding, because metal does not expand and contract in the sun and in cold and all of those things, you're going to have a longer life expectancy than you would like something like a cedar shake. The cedar sure. shake ones, those are probably the worst because they also take so much to um, scrape and paint them. Like it, just consider that and make sure that you're thinking about that when you're budgeting it. You're going to pay a lot more for someone to come and scrape cedar siding versus something simpler. Yeah, and you like the
0: concrete siding, those, those type of things, they, the, paint stays longer mm-hmm. they're more hardy i think they're actually called hardy, hardy board <laughs> uh that was a good name all right uh moving on let's talk about floors obviously it depends on the type of floor so carpet eight to ten years i guess it depends that seems like a long time for carpet yeah, but think, about eight years. I, mean, I, I don't think it depends yeah, on I how you treat do. it all right and how, depends, many animals yeah, you how, have. how healthy you live life uh, linoleum is about 25 years uh, hardwood floors refinish every 20 years or so. So those those can be longer. Uh, the harder surfaces, obviously. Appliances, these are something else you need to budget for. Are they new appliances? Are they end-of-life appliances? Again, talk to your home inspector when you're yeah. going through. But a refrigerator is 15 to 30 years uh, from the time it was new.
1: Right, right. Uh, so how long has it been in the house if you inherited yeah. it with the house? Dishwashers, tops,
0: dishwashers are 7 to
1: 10? Yeah, dishwashers seem to me the most problematic. I hear more people replacing their dishwasher than any other... Yeah, the
0: reality is, is the quality of your dishwasher too, yeah. right? Like, I mean, I remember well, the first then, dishwasher know. I bought was like 300 bucks at Sears.
1: Well, and then trying to get your kids to but not, not put rice into the... And your maintenance
0: along the way. I mean, that's the other thing, too. If you're maintaining some of these things, if you're cleaning the coils on your refrigerator or you're cleaning out the filters in your dishwasher, it's going to last longer. That's really true. So, you know, paying attention and actually reading your owner's manual. Um, HVAC, so heating and uh, air conditioning. Mm-hmm. That those are fifteen to twenty-five year life expectancy on average. Those are also pretty big ticket items. If you have to replace a furnace, and you or, don't or think about them
1: until they stop working,
0: they you don't. And and it it is recommended to take some time um, every every year at least to have somebody come in and inspect them, and right. clean them out, and that type. You know, spend a couple hundred bucks to have it serviced, and you'll it'll last longer, and it will, you'll know if there's a problem sooner. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one I want to talk about is like your water heater Mm -hmm. so um which by the way it's not a hot water heater it's a water heater the water's if the water's hot it doesn't need to be heated so
1: (laughs) everyone calls it a hot water heater not everybody so i'm sticking with that
0: not everybody i'm sticking with it (laughs) um average life expectancy of those eight to twelve years Mm -hmm. again know the lifespan of this So back to what this budgeting is, you're going to list out the number of years you've got left on these things, what you estimate the replacement of that is, and therefore what you need to budget every month to have that money at those different increments. I have a little, like, you could do a little chart. You can see in my notes that I've got, like, a little spreadsheet you can put together. You can do it on paper. You can do it electronically. The idea is, is that if in 10 years you need $20,000... How much are you gonna budget every month for that so that you can hit those goals? Mm -hmm. So how much should you save? Just kind of as we wrap things up here real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a 1% rule budgeting. So basically 1% of the price of your home is what you should budget uh, every year. So if you have a $200,000 house, then you should budget about $2,000 a year. Now you're gonna look and compare that with how much you actually need based on the life of the things around you in your home. But that's a good starting place. Mm And again, the conversation we had with our teenager, get a savings account. Maybe it's at a different bank than you normally bank with, or at least have a separate savings account that you move money automatically every single month into that account so that when you need it, it's there. And when you're spending money every day or week or whatever you're spending your money, you're not going to use that accidentally.
1: Yeah. So kind of don't be afraid to have two separate savings accounts, One a savings account where yeah. it's like, or several if you need to but just making sure you know hey this money is for this one thing that is going to be in the future because i'll be happy when i do have that i'm not going to spend it on anything else
0: yeah i think that's it for Everreal real talks today
1: okay this so is...
0: budget for the future <laughs> if you have any questions on real estate reach out to us at 509-62 house and we will see you next week
1: all right bye everybody